millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The 11 to 1 Show. The curly-haired mattress man is to have a musical about his life. More on this next. Never fails to put me in good form. Picture house, heavenly day. Mattress Mick, the musical. That will also put me in good form. I think this is brilliant and about time, about time there was a musical about the iconic Mattress Mick. This guy, if you don't know who I'm talking about. I'm back, I'm back back with a bang. The the undisputed king of mattress land where, where, Where mattressy people drive mattressy cars. I'll fly my mattress rocket to the mattress <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I don't know why they're on the hunt for somebody to play Mattress Mick. He should just play himself. I would be first in line in the queue to see Mattress Mick the musical. Yeah, they are on the hunt, though, the producers, <laughs> for an all-singing, all-dancing Dubliner to play Mattress Mick in a musical about his life and I'm just looking at him here he's in a lovely orange and zebra skinned kind of cowboy suit I mean nobody else could pull this off he could even just read his own wardrobe for the the costumes and everything and the props he's brilliant it's brilliant writer and director Josephine McCaffrey she is the mastermind mastermind is right behind this musical about the life of Matches Mick aka Michael Flynn that's his real name by the way um This all came about following a conversation with a friend. So they are going to be doing this about his life. It starts off with him working in the dandelion markets in Stevens Green around the 70s, early 80s, that kind of thing. And then it's about him setting off, starting to work for himself. Uh, He works at a bank. Then he was a salesman in the markets and he was a Pier Street boy as well. And uh, it's all going to have all of that detail. And then obviously his carving out his successful career for himself and the turbulence of, you know, after the Celtic Tiger and the recession and how he came back with this, you know, this sort of stuff. Yeah. So (laughs) I just love this video. It's brilliant. I am loving this, loving this idea. Apparently the show, by the way, is going to stage at the Liberty Hall Theatre April 27th and 28th. But this coming Sunday, they are holding auditions They want versatile male actors and uh, they're looking for someone. This is strange. They're looking for somebody between 20 and 40. Oh, this must be okay. They're going to do the different stages. I see now. I see now what they're doing. So they need three different actors, okay, aged between the 20 and 40 sort of mark. And they're going to have these guys audition on Sunday at the Lear Drama Academy on Pier Street it starts off around 12pm and anyone auditioning they're going to have to sing a song and recite a short passage from the script you never know maybe Mattress Mick himself could be sitting in on the auditions you know just to make sure that they pick the right 
guy for the job. They're also looking for three versatile female actresses as well uh, because there's a wide range of people to take part in street and market scenes. So Mattress Make the Musical. I am on board with this. I know you moved on to someone new. Hope life is beautiful. Rudimental and a host of others in these days want to remind you that tomorrow the Drada Credit Union will host a donation day. This is for the Turkey and Syria earthquake victims. I mentioned this earlier on in the week, but it's happening tomorrow across the branches in Drogheda, Dunleer, Trim and East Meath with the aim obviously of raising as much funds as they can to support people affected by the earthquake disaster. So they are inviting all the members to join them and donate whatever you can to the appeal and the money raised by members on the day will go directly to UNICEF Ireland to help children impacted by the disaster and support with aid on ground on the ground in both Turkey and Syria. So it's going to happen tomorrow during the opening hours from 9.30am until 5 and all donations are so greatly appreciated there. Now it's the comeback, it's the pop comeback that everybody is talking about. I'm going to give you all the details of it next. The 11 to 1 show. 2023 is the year of the comeback, it seems, and one pop group from the noughties are bringing it all back and tickets are going to go on sale for their big comeback tour in Ireland. All the details after Ed Sheeran. I'm going back in time now. Plastic chokers and slip dresses were in style with loads of body glitter as well. It's the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton and this is on the radio. Yep, they are bringing it all back. They are coming back into our lives. S Club 7, it's giving me all the nostalgia vibes. It really is giving me all the nostalgia. I was about 1999, what age was I? I was about 15 maybe, something like that. But after months of speculation, these guys are coming back. It's a reunion tour in celebration of their 25 year legacy. Oh my goodness me. So they've reunited all seven, which is great because sometimes some of the members don't want to come back, but they're all coming back. Bradley, Hannah, Joe, John, Paul, Rachel. Uh, what is the other one? I <laughs> keep forgetting the last one, the black hair. It'll come back. It'll bring it all back. It'll come back to me now in a minute. Uh, but they are coming uh, together for a day, 11 dates across the UK and Ireland, including Dublin's Three Arena which is very exciting. So they uh, have announced this and tickets are going to go on sale uh, tomorrow, I think it is, or Friday, 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 10 a.m. Friday. They're going on sale and it's going to be the 16th of October that the date is for the Tree Arena. Tickets are only about 40 quid, which is grand. So ticketmaster.ie for all the... Tina, Tina. Oh my God, that's her name, the black haired one. Always forget that. But there you go. S Club 7. Back in our lives. I'm all for it. I all love a nostalgia trip. I really do love a nostalgia trip. And it just sort of reminds me of, you know, my young life, 1999. Hadn't a clue what was ahead of me. Ah, it was great. Great times. Bring it all back is right. Boomtown Rats giving us Monday vibes on a Wednesday. Now tonight, back on our screens. I'm delighted this lady is back on our screens. Mary Kennedy, she's returning to our television sets tonight for TG Cahir documentary and it's tackling the wide range of impacts the ageing process has on women. Mary's going to join us for a chat after these. Oh, L-M-F-M. 
the 11 to 1 show. One of Ireland's favourite broadcasters, Mary Kennedy, is back on our TV screens tonight in a special documentary tackling the impact of ageing on women. From loneliness to concerns about physical and mental health to ageism in the workplace, this documentary tackles it all. Mary Kennedy Fod Sale airs tonight on TG Car at 9.30 and I'm delighted to have Mary back on the line. Mary, great to have you with us again. Good morning, Sinead. Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about this. And, you know, you mentioned the impact of ageing on women. And the, the good news is that the, the impact can be good. And that's what I hope when people watch this programme uh, tonight, the, of any age and of any gender, that they, they come away kind of uplifted and uh, thoughtful. It's thought-provoking. And it also uh, gives insight into things we can do to to make the most of, of this very special and I think very precious time in life. Oh, you're so right. And I had the privilege of having a sneak peek at this yesterday. And these women that feature in the documentary are so inspiring. They really are. And uh, I mean, I've learned so much from them. I really have. But you you start off the documentary with a visit to Trinity College. And oh, my God, they have fascinating research going on there. Yes, Professor Roseanne Kenny, she's um, she's a geriatrician and she decided uh, 12 years ago now to set up this study of people as they age, men and women. And she, from 50 years of age up to 80 years of age. And every so often she, she kind of catches up with them every two years. And from that, she gives her opinions and she uh, presents them to, say, the HSE and to relevant agencies with a view to affecting policy. Yes. And what she has, she gives these tests. I did some of them. Yeah, I didn't um, want, I, I don't want to kind of reveal too much, but you did take some of these tests that she did. she did. Kind of, what did you sort of learn? Were you surprised by some of the results of these? Uh, well, I was, yeah, I was, to be honest. And I think we all have to be cognizant of it. One of the ones that really, you know, you think, um, oh, you're grand, I'm grand. Actually, mm. I can walk and I can walk fast. But this one of these tests for um, cognitive ability as we age is to walk fast in a straight line. And it's on a kind of a map that's monitoring, you know, underneath. Um, but you have to recite the alphabet and walk yeah. fast. But you only recite every second letter. Now, that might seem very easy when you're doing A, C, E. But when you get further down the alphabet, yeah. it's a bit of a challenge. But if you practice that, you know, you just, it's like, it's like, you're too young, but I, when I No, Mary, I tried this test as this was, <laughs> let me tell you, first rate disaster was what this was for me, because first of all, my brain decided to try and think about the alphabet and then I was totally walking all over the place. So this is a good test for any age, let me say. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when, when, when I was in primary school, we did um, mental arithmetic. Yeah. And that was a huge, like, it's like, doing a, a workout, a session, mm. um, and it, it keeps your brain active. But there are other ones as well. The, the thing about uh, Roseanne is she has a very holistic and comprehensive view of the, of the person. And, uh, okay, diet and exercise are very important, but she um, affirms that as important, if not more important, are friendships, yeah. sociability, and connection and a purpose, a reason to get out of bed every every morning. And, you know, that's that's good and easy for some people, but not so much for others. But it definitely has an effect on how we age and how we 
make the most of these years. You know, some some people say to me, um, oh, you know, oh God, it's terrible to be growing old and all that sort of thing. And I mean, I just say, well, what's the alternative? Mm, The alternative mm. is that you have died prematurely at a young age. I often think of, say, Princess Diana. Yes. Who died as a beautiful young woman at 36 years of age. Do you think that she would not swap that beauty and that kind of iconic status to have been present when her uh, her sons got married, had mm-hmm. children, now, she might be want to be there for all the rows. At the no, maybe not at the moment. Yeah, God, God only you knows know, what she think thinks of that. Like that. But absolutely, I completely agree with you. And I mean, do you think, Mary, that it is a little bit of fear, particularly with women, because you know, women are. Let's face it, and this documentary goes into this so much. Women are treated differently when we age compared to men. You know, there's different labels that's put on us. You know, I mean, there's different views people have of, of how we look when we age all of that is there a fear there do you think well um, there are there is with some people I, I do feel that that's, that's a reality I think it's improving um, I think the onus is on us as women as a, as, a, as a band of kind of warrior women to kind of uh, say look at me I, I don't have um, I'm not a size 6 or a size 8 I, this is my body I'm keeping it strong it has worked hard. It has brought me through to this stage in life. Celebrate it. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem is that a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a culture of wanting to maintain a certain look. Now, I don't necessarily think it's a good look because mm. I can always tell when somebody has put stuff into their face and into yeah. their lips. Um, and, you know, it's happening at a very young age now. And I think it's. Oh, we were t- talking about this on the back of the discussion around Madonna. Now, look, I don't necessarily agree with all the backlash, you know, that she gets at times, but she doesn't no, look like somebody country. that's only three years younger than yourself, maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, she does yeah, look, and she's kind of, you know, she's perpetuating this idea of, you know, fix yourself and uh, maintain, cling on for dear life to the youth that you once had. Well, you know, Sinead, I think that there are very definite stages in life. Um, there's the, the kind of the wonder of, of childhood, the curiosity of adolescence. There's the, you know, the awakening, be it, you know, emotional, psychological, sexual of, of uh, young adults. Um, then there's kind of the, the setting up of your life, be it making a home or a career or both. And then uh, middle age when you kind of, cement all of that and then this is the age uh, of after that when you yeah. just enjoy life the pressures are off there's a lovely um, quote that I sometimes use and it's uh, by a woman she was 20th century she was a socialite actually she was out morning noon and night socialising but anyway her, her name was Lady Diana Cooper and she, she, her um, belief and her motto was first you are young then you are middle aged then you are old now you are beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is so true. Yeah, as you're going through life, you're, you're, you're kind of harvesting all yeah. of the, the stages and all of the, the good times, the bad times, the sadness, the joy. And, and you have it in um, 
in, in a wisdom and a, an exuberance, hopefully, that you maintain through um, the, this older age. And one of the things we do discuss is the compulsion to, to retire at a certain age. Oh, Mary, I'm so glad you brought that up because there's so many brilliant <laughs> women in, the, in this documentary that you chat to. And I mean, it, it, it astounds me, Crazy. the women that you've found. They're fantastic. But I mean, you have been very vocal about your own situation. Yeah. And I always felt that that was so unfair. I mean, you have so much more to give to broadcasting. We love seeing you on television. <laughs> well, I am. I, I also have another series that's happening at the same time. On oh, fantastic. TV. It's called Moving West. And the, the last of, it's a six-part series that was on last year as well and it's coming to an end now. The last episode will be uh, next uh, next Wednesday at half eight and it's it's on the islands and it's, it's, it's lovely. I love working and I do things with RTE from time to time and I write a column for Ireland's own. I'm, I'm happy. Now, having said that, I was not happy to and I would not have chosen mm. to retire at 65. I find it a little bit insulting. It's almost as if, well, uh, OK, over you go now to the corner. Um, I think it can um, affect uh, some people's kind of sense of self and of sense course. of self-worth and self-esteem. Um, I suppose for me, um, I uh, well, I knew, but I couldn't say that I was mm. going straight into Dancing with the Stars. So I yes, was, and I couldn't have done that if I was still working. But if I was at a threshold, and all I can say to people who are you know faced with the same dilemma as I was three years ago is that you are at a threshold, and it is. Um, you know, it's going to be change. You don't know what it's going to be like. But to be honest, if you're open to it, um, it's, I don't know, there's a freedom and there's a new opportunity. And I have, I must say, I've absolutely loved um, the, the opportunities that have been presented to me. I love working for TG Cahar. It gives me a chance to use my Irish. The gorgeous Irish say, that you have, yes. Well, it's Dublin Irish, which is, being, which is good because it's easy to understand. It is. But the yeah. programme is bilingual. <laughs> yes. I mean, most of the interviews are in English because the, the people I'm interviewing, um, you know, well, and you have a couple of fuckle, maybe yes, yeah, yeah, and then the rest is subtitled. But it's a it's a, a comprehensive and a positive look, and the you know, I mean, Mary Coughlin is one of the people, and she's yeah. fun and she's exuberant, and uh, you know, and, and for her creativity, her creativity, and and continuing to perform is important, yeah. and so nobody important. should stop you doing things like that that you want. Well, this is it. And the other thing that I love is you didn't shy away from anything in this, Mary. Even older women's sexual energy is explored. Another area that's often dismissed, you know, women of a, of a certain age don't have or, or shouldn't have these urges or desires. That's the narrative that goes on sometimes. Yes, I know. And I mean, we did a very nice piece with a, a woman called Morani G and she runs... Um, uh, a, a group on feminine sexual alchemy uh, and it's kind of like a yoga session yeah. but it's about you know celebrating the, your your body and your uh, you know the the way you are the way you feel and yeah she she spoke um, we, we did have a a conversation about sexuality Breedney Nyachtan the Abbey actor who um, oh I loved her she, she's yeah, amazing lovely. yeah she spoke about um, people society and men in particular kind of not realising and not um, acknowledging mm-hmm. that women live full lives full physical lives full emotional lives full sexual lives and they do and you know they choose the way they want to um, have their life and and you know we 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 should um that's empowering. Oh, it really is. empowering for men to realise that, I think. 
Oh yeah. Um, so I hope that, that that kind of message comes through as well. That we are we are we are strong Irish women. That's another thing. Um, Ireland uh, has the highest life expectancy in the EU, which is good news. Great news, um, yeah. A statistic, yes. And um, Roseanne Kenny, the woman who runs the the uh, the the kind of the, the study, it's called Tilda on um, ageing. Her vision, which I think is a beautiful vision, is that Ireland should be the best place in the world in which to grow old. Now, yes, that, a lovely thought? that is a really lovely thought. And I know here in the Wee County, that is something that we are very passionate about doing as well, ensuring people age well in, in this neck of the woods. Well, Mary, I have to congratulate you on this brilliant documentary. I really thank hope uh, that this is the start of, of more things and seeing you more on the screen. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for joining oh, me this thank morning. Thank you, Sinead. Yeah, and I hope people enjoy it if they... If they um can watch it. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Mary Kennedy there. It's called Mary Kennedy Fod Sale. It's on TG Cahar tonight. I highly recommend it. It's on at 9.30pm. The 11 to 1 show. We're going back in time shortly to the year 2005 and YouTube was started up. But can you guess the video, the most popular video ever on YouTube. Can you guess? I'm going to play it for you very, very shortly. First, here's Anastasia. In January 2021, this became the first YouTube video to surpass 10 billion views, snatching the crown from the former record holder Despacito one year before. What could it possibly be? Oh yeah. I kid you not. Oh, that's enough of that. Anyway, we're going back in time to 2005 and the birth of YouTube. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Where would we be without it? YouTube. Fantastic invention. On this day, 2005, it was launched in the US. Videos were shared and viewed and incredibly annoying ones like this entered into our lives no wonder it's gotten 10 billion views it's like parents are like just play it again just play it again and today is World Hippo Day yes uh, apparently uh, experts believe that the modern day hippo evolved in Africa around 8 million years ago while they bear a resemblance to horses and pigs these semi-aquatic mammals are the most related to whales dolphins and porpoises so there you go World Hippo Day today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Tracy Chapman, baby, can I hold you? Are you making a will? You haven't got a will. Have you a question about a will that you did make? Solicitor Elaine Byrne is going to be answering all of your queries after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Happy hump day. One of the many phrases that has been voted the most annoying in a new survey. More on that after Niall Horan. Happy hump day. I have to say, I don't think I like that one really. I don't use it too much. Happy hump day for Wednesday. Happy hump day. Happy Friday. 
is another one. Uh, these are all terms or phrases that people find the most annoying that are used constantly in the office. And number one on the list has been revealed. Holly bobs. I'm heading off me holly bobs. Oh no, you just want to hit the person when they say that. No, holly bobs. No, no, no. Very annoying. Very annoying word. Uh, this is another phrase. Teamwork makes the dream work. No. That's voted number two in the survey by technology firm Brother UK. Hump Day. Happy Hump Day was in there. Happy Friday. Also, let's give this 110%, guys. Oh, most annoying things that you can say to a colleague. In this place, it's be creative. Why don't you be creative? <laughs> That's what we're always told. And uh, stop moving songs. That's another one that I get told a lot. What do you hate about your workplace in terms of what do people say all the time? You know, the phrases that they throw out, these kind of buzzwords that they throw out all the time. Uh, 086 658 The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Kelsey Grammer has confirmed a new Frasier reboot is in the works. He tells us how it came about. Well, it's funny. People used to ask me years ago, you know, how, how have you kept this uh, character alive for as long as you have already? And I said, well, it's like waking up in the morning. You know, <laughs> life is interesting. And so a character that sort of walks hand in hand with you through, the, through your lifetime is equally interesting as long as you don't, like, drop the ball. As long as you don't stop caring. Yeah. And so I never stopped caring. And when, it was actually when Roseanne got her, got her show back on. Uh, I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe I can. Fraser's kind of interesting. <laughs> we could maybe play him again. A new photo has been released from the set of the second Joker movie. Joaquin Phoenix is in the arms of Lady Gaga in the photo, and it was posted by director Todd Phillips. The movie has a scheduled release date of October 2024. Elizabeth Banks directs new movie Cocaine Bear. The movie is based on a true story and was shot in Ireland. Elizabeth tells us the premise of the film. It's a true story. This There was a drug runner in, in the 1980s and his M.O. Uh, was that he would drop drugs out of a low-flying plane for people to pick up on the ground. And this one night, the drug run goes wrong. He drops the drugs into the woods and a bear gets into the drugs. This all happened in real life. Yeah. And they never recovered any of the drugs. But what they found months later was an OD bear in the woods yeah. who'd eaten like 70 pounds of cooking. And so this movie imagines what would have happened in the hours after that bear first found the bear. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. I've seen the trailer for that movie. It looks insane. Cocaine bear. Now people are thinking outside the box when it comes to the messages on 086 1800 658. Think outside the box. That's another one that will get on your nerves if somebody says that to you in work. Uh, also, that's not teamwork, guys. A favourite of my supervisor. Mm, that's not teamwork, guys. Ooh. I worked in an American uh, company for a while, so my Zooms always ended with uh, our team leader, team leader saying, OK, let's crush it, guys. Oh, let's crush it, guys. No, no. <laughs> You'd just be like rolling your eyes behind the camera. Yeah, Keep those coming in. What's the most annoying thing? that colleagues say, like kind of worky related terms, things like think outside the box, be creative. Why do you just be creative? That's the one we get. Work harder. Yeah, that's another one. Keep them coming in. 086 1800 658. 
Righteous Brothers Unchained Unchained Melody this has been sent in and it's a thing of genius 086-1800-658 people out there who are sick of you know positive jargon that your managers throw around At this job we're a family No we're co-workers We're in a store not a Vin Diesel movie what do you think this is? Fast and Furious 10 dollars an hour? <laughs> Hate to disappoint you, but I've applied to 40 other families this week. We're not family. We're acquaintances who keep our lunch in the same fridge. This is just a job. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. I'm going to play that on repeat. Do you keep those coming in. Oh, there's somebody else saying, can we all sing off the ha- same hymn sheet? Can we all make sure now that we're singing off the same hymn sheet? No. No, we don't like any of that jargon. Now, we are going to be talking jargon, but of a legal variety with our solicitor, uh, Elaine Byrne. I promise you, though, she will keep it very, very simple for us and she's not going to throw out any buzzwords. She's going to be talking about wills, making a will, making changes to a will. We've had a couple of listeners questions on this. If you have a query, 86 658 The 11 to 1 show. We had so many questions the last time this lady was on the show from you, so we had to bring her back to share more of her expertise on making a will. I'm delighted to have Solicitor Elaine Byrne from Elaine Byrne's Listers in at the Boy back on the line. Good afternoon, Elaine. Good afternoon, Sinead. Thank you for having me. Great to have you back. I mean, we get fan mail, actual fan mail, like cards in the post when you're on this show, Elaine. So the people of the Northeast love you. They really do. But uh, in amongst the fan mail, there are questions from anxious listeners. So we are answering some of those today. We have one question here for you coming in. I had a partner. We uh, were not married. We had one child. This partner is now in a new relationship. If they decide to marry, where does that leave the child should he pass away? Okay, thanks Sinead. And look, we'll do our best not to use jargon (laughs) on those words. (laughs) I've been warned. So so maybe if we call the the father or the former partner here, if we call him Andy. Okay. So if we look at the situation, say if something happens to Andy and he doesn't have a will. So currently the child is going to be Andy's next of kin. So say, for example, Andy has a house beside you in Drogheda, this would go to the child. So the listener then, as the ex-partner, she's not entitled to anything. And also Andy's new partner isn't entitled to anything. Okay. Now, um, we did just the last day when we were chatting, we mentioned a 2010 act. So the new partner maybe could make a claim but she doesn't have any automatic entitlement. But say, on the other hand, so we had Valentine's Day yesterday and he's very romantic and he decides to marry his new partner. So the situation then is very different. So in that instance, if Andy died without a will, his new wife would get two-thirds of the house in Drogheda or anything in his name with only one-third going to the child. Nice. Now, the other possibility, Sinead, then, is that Andy could make a will. And obviously, he can put whatever he wants into the will. I think, say, if he doesn't marry the partner, he might decide to leave the house to the child. And that might be motivated by tax reasons as well, because if he was to leave it to his partner, there would be very substantial tax on it. Right. Now, if Andy marries the partner, 
from a tax point of view, then she can inherit the house or anything else tax free. Now, Andy could still decide to leave the house to the child, but a married couple, the spouse would have what's called a legal right share. So she would have an automatic entitlement to one third of the house in Drogheda. So it's really, I suppose, from the child's point of view, the child is in a much stronger position if he doesn't marry the new partner. But it's very different depending on whether he marries the partner or not. Okay, that's very interesting to know. So as you say, all kind of comes down to the the marriage situation. So moving on to another question that we got in here, and this is one I think that a lot of people will uh, be interested to know more about regarding nursing homes. So a listener has written in to ask if himself or his wife ever have to go into a nursing home, where does that leave their property and family? Okay, yeah, you know, I'm delighted that this question came in, Sinead, because I think it's relevant to really so many of us. So maybe if we look at the fair deal scheme generally, and then if we just apply it to our our listeners. So so if we have to go into a nursing home, so there's going to be a financial assessment, and this will look at our income and it will look at our assets. So in terms of our income, we're going to pay 80% of our income. Now, listeners may have heard there was a change. It came into effect on the 1st of November last year. So any residents in Fairdeal who choose to rent out their vacant home, so now it'll just be assessed at 40% of their rental income instead of 80%. So I think the idea is to try and get people to rent out their houses. Oh, okay. So I I get what you're saying. So if somebody's in the nursing home, they're still alive, but they decide to rent out their property. That you're actually allowed to do that. Yes, you okay. are, and you you just contribute forty percent as opposed to eighty percent. Right. The rent. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing then, so if I go into a nursing home, my assets will be taken into account. So I'll pay seven and a half percent of my assets, so, you know, if I've land or property. Now, the first €36,000 is excluded from the assessment and the balance then, Sinead, it's taken into account at the rate of 7.5% and we can apply for a loan. Now, and I think it's important for listeners, we don't have to apply for a loan, but, but we can. And the other important point to note then is that The financial assessment, it includes any assets that we've transferred in the five years before we, our first application. So, for example, if I thought I was going to go into a nursing home next week, I might decide, you know, I'm going to give my assets to Sinead now so that they're not taken into account. But they still are. Right, Um, okay. And then just the final uh, point, just that I, I think might be useful for listeners, is just to refer to what's called a three-year cap. So say if I'm in a nursing home for five years, some of my assets, the value of them, will only be taken into account for a maximum of three years. And those would be my home, the, the proceeds of sale of my home if I sell it, or it could actually include my farm or my business if there's a family successor to run it. So so that's it um, in general terms. So maybe, uh, Sinead, and yeah, I'm, I'm conscious of, of your uh, 
warning to me not to, to use jargon. <laughs> no, no, everything is very clear. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. So um, let's just say we have a listener called John. Yeah. And John is going into a nursing home. And um, so 80% of his income will go to towards paying it. Okay. And then say John's assets, say he has a family home in RD and that's valued at 300000 and then he has a second home in Trim and that's valued at 250000 and then say he has money in the bank savings of 100000 So John's total asset, so he's €650. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned then that the first €36,000 isn't taken into account. Okay. So that leaves 614000 And then we said that it's taken into account at the rate of 7.5%. So when we do our sums, John, on an annual basis, he'll pay just over €46,000. So he's going to contribute €885 per week. And then the state will make up the balance. Okay, okay. So it's all based on everyone's individual assets and depending on that. That's very interesting. Okay. That yeah. clears up a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose if, if I go into a nursing home and I don't have anything in my name, I suppose the state will, will pay for me. And I suppose the person in the room next door, if they have very substantial assets in their name, they will pay themselves. Yeah, okay, okay. That's very clear. Now, this one is a tricky one, but no doubt you've come in, in, in contact with a lot of this, uh, um, Elaine, in your line of work. But there's a married couple... Sadly, they have a very poor relationship with their daughter at the moment. They don't speak. They do hope that things will change. But for now, they want to leave their property to their two other children. Is there a minimum amount we would have to leave? uh, Or how can we avoid the will being challenged by the daughter down the line? Okay, so yeah, this is really difficult to need. And look, hopefully relations will improve. But look, for now, if we look at the position today. So I suppose, first of all, it's really important for the couple to make wills because if they don't have a will, the daughter will have an automatic entitlement to a share in their estate. And I suppose that the part of our law that I think is most relevant for the listeners or anybody listening who has a concern that a will might be challenged by a child is what's called Section 117 of our Succession Act. So um, if I just read it out, if that's... A yeah, thing, go for it, yeah. Um, it says that, so where an application by or on behalf of a child of a testator, the court is of opinion that the testator has failed in his moral duty to make proper provision for the child in accordance with his means, whether by his will or otherwise, the court may order that such provision shall be made for the child out of the estate as the court thinks just. Oh, that's very interesting. So that means whether there's necessarily things outlined in a will or not, like if the court feels that the child is not being looked after then, is that the the case? Yeah, exactly, Sinead. Right. So um, I suppose to avoid then a, a court making such an order, I think so for the listeners here, it's really important for the listeners and their solicitor to set out in as much detail as possible the reasons for the will being made as is. Okay. Maybe the daughter has already been provided for and maybe she's financially secure, while maybe the other children 
aren't so financially secure. Yeah. And then I suppose in terms of a minimum amount, there isn't any specific figure, but I agree with the listener and I think that they should give something to the daughter. So, you know, it could be five or ten thousand euro depending on the value of the estate. But again, going to the solicitor, talking it all through, because I get the feeling that there could be something else underlying there that's not maybe being disclosed, which I understand uh, that might come to light with the solicitor and they'd best advise there in regards to that. But very interesting, very interesting. So the daughter could be awarded uh, by by the judge, whether they leave anything or or they don't. Um, So this is the the next question that we have for you, Elaine. Uh, My mother passed away recently. A sister and brother of mine died a few years ago when it comes to my mother's will would my sister's children and my brother's children be entitled to any proceeds from the sale of the mother's house or whatever other assets that she has okay thanks Nina. now this is actually uh, really I feel like it's an exam question nearly pretty. <laughs> um, so I look and, and sympathy <clears throat> to this listener I mean they, they've been through the mill um, I suppose just generally if I make my will and Say I leave ten thousand euro to Jamie. If Jamie died before me, that bequest lapses. Okay. So that means it's going to go to somebody else. Jamie's family doesn't get anything. Oh. Now, there's a really important though an interesting exception to this doctrine of lapse, and it's provided for under Section ninety eight of our Succession Act. So, be the mother here. She left her house to the three children. So the listener who's alive, the sister who sadly died a few years ago, and the brother then who also sadly died a few years ago. So Section 98, it tells us that because the sister and the brother died before the mother, but with children, that their entitlement does not lapse. So when the house is sold, the money from that sale is going to be split so a third is going to go to the listener. Now, the the sister and the brother's third, I think, Sinead, if we were guessing, we'd say, oh, it must go to the children. Yeah. But, it's, but this, it's actually not necessarily the case. So what happens is that the brother and sister's one third of the sale proceeds would go to their estate. So, for Ooh. example, if the sister and brother had made a will, it would go in accordance with their will. So it's really, really tricky. And just... I suppose as a general point for listeners, I think it's so important that when we're making a will that we provide for a situation if, God forbid, something happens to a child before us. Because I think most of us would want the money to go to our grandchildren. Mm. Just remember, this isn't automatic and we have to provide for this when we make our wills. Very interesting. So if something like that happens, things are in place. Uh, yeah. And and what, I mean, there's probably open another can of worms, but what if the, the, the people who passed away, the brother and sister, what if they had no will at all then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then it would, you know, it would go on intestacy and okay. you, know, you could have a scenario, say, if either of them were separated or something, you know, could end up going to that separated spouse. Right. It's just really important, see, and the mother maybe has something in her will and the listener can check, but it's just really important to put that into our wills when we're making it. Oh, that's really interesting. And you have a couple of uh, recent cases there um, that kind of are are relevant to some of the things that we were talking about today. 
Yeah, just um, I just I just had had three cases here, Sinead. So, um, the first one was um decided last November, and it was a lady, a daughter, and she bought brought court proceedings, but the father had died. There was an agreement like way back in two thousand and three, mm-hmm. and the court said no, like you can't be bringing proceedings when something is so long ago, which is good because I think otherwise any executor or any listener we'd be looking over our shoulders all the time to see if something is going to be contested so there's a t- there's time limit Oh that's if great so people can't be coming out of the woodwork you know yeah. I get yeah that's fantastic news so something as far back it does is there a certain time limit as in like is it 10 years 20 or Yeah do you know they're, they're actually really really short time limits so okay. say for our listeners there who mentioned the daughter Yes uh, that there's poor relations with she would actually only have six months from right. the probate. So really, really strict time limit. Oh, that's really good. Okay. And uh, you have another one in relation to the nursing home question. Yes. So this was a lady, her name was Margaret O'Reilly, and she had lived in a nursing home from 2010 to 2018, and she made a will in 2012. Right. And now on her death search, it referred to dementia, so the court then was asked, you know, to decide, did she have capacity to make the will or not? So the court said that she did. So again, I suppose for any listeners, so just because maybe we're in a nursing home or we're older, that's not to say that we can't make a will. You Fantastic. Know, provided we have capacity, we can. Um, and then the last one, um, it was a, a, a case in October. So a gentleman died. He was separated he didn't have a will and now it's a, it's a large estate so it's been in court a few times already and um, so it's either going to go to the separated spouse or his mother right. and um, I think it just it, it's in and out of, of court there's going to be very substantial costs but I just wanted to mention it Sinead because I suppose for any of us who maybe are separated or in the process of being divorced or legal separation, it's so important to make a will in those circumstances. Oh, com- uh, completely. Is. Particularly when, as you say, this guy has sizable assets and there's nothing put in place. I mean, it's just, it is, it's so, so important. Elaine, as always, thank you so much for all of that detailed, comprehensive look at all those questions. Thank you so much for taking your time out to chat to us today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sinead. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. If you'd like to get in touch with Elaine, ElaineBurnSolicitors.ie, ElaineBurnSolicitors.ie, that is the website, okay? You can also get in touch with them 046 94 one So it's 046 94 The 11 to 1 show. I'm just touching base with you, all right? Ah, says this message. We are talking about the most annoying words or phrases that are overused in offices. My manager always says, we are team. We are working hard. And then after that, he's hiding in the office and scratching. Interesting, says one message. I'm going forward. Or no, sorry. In going forward. Hate that work expression, says Jackie and Navin. Another day, another dollar, says Anne. Oh, and I might be... Guilty of that sometimes myself now, but I totally understand why you'd hate that. I hate people saying there's no I in team, like duh, and no double jobbing. Get off my back and there'll be no double jobbing. <laughs> what a anger.
I'm loving it. Uh, Cahill in Mornington says, was one of the most emo- annoying overused things is the word synergy or synergize. Half the time the people using it don't even know what it means. I, what is that? Where We've got great synergy. Is that what it is? Like connectivity? I don't know. Two more for you. Let's hit the ground running. Yeah, let's hit the ground running. And then we have Let's Touch Base. Louise, the producer of The Late Lunch, she hates Let's Touch Base. And Jerry always says, I'm just touching base with you. Little secret behind the scenes, the late lunch. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Anyway, if uh, they're using too many of those phrases, just get another job. Like, you know, maybe home instead. They're recruiting new and experienced caregivers in the Meath area. For more details, check out careers.homeinstead.ie. Dolly's Bar in Balfedic and Slane, they are looking for a friendly and professional bartender to join their excellent team. You see, no jargon or word phrases being thrown around there, I'd say. Please email your CV to infodolliesbar at gmail.com. AIS Automation Limited and Dundalk, they are looking for a senior controlled automation engineer. The salary range is 50,000 to 60,000. Sorry. Where do I sign up for that one? Please apply with CV to Paul, paul.d at aisautomation.ie. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. There may be no I in team, but there is an ME, says a message. Oh, I like that. That's a great comeback when someone says that to you. I've loved all the messages on that. I didn't think it would incite so much anger, but I'm delighted to facilitate. I really am. There's Love Inc. You're a superstar. Going to take a quick break. We've got the script right after these. The 11 to 1 show. 60 seconds to plumper skin. Something else that's just as bad as the workplace jargon is, you know, those inspiring posters that they hang everywhere, like, you know, reach for your goals and all that kind of thing. This one is brilliant, though, from David Schneid. My boss had a sign on his office door. How can I fly like an eagle when I work with turkeys? Love it. The script finishing our show for today. Thank you so much for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show.